This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's politics and everything beyond. On Beyond Politics, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Broadcasting live in Minneapolis-St. Paul on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and in the evening on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk. It is the Matt McNeil Show for your Monday. Good to be with you today. Matt and Patrick here today. Uh, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, it's uh, the local station uh, Listener Appreciation Month continues. We have the Wheel of Destiny today. Are we, are we ready for the Wheel of Destiny today? Everybody is always <laughs> ready for the Wheel of Destiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful. That's coming up in the four. Uh, a lot of things to get to as well. It is, uh, we're here in the Twin Cities. Have you been outside? This is shockingly hot today. Yeah, I was outside a little earlier for lunch, and I didn't even take my little blue fleece with me oh, when I went out. Oh, no, I've got the, I mean, I'll show you a little bit later on. I've got the pasty white thighs going for you. Hello, ladies. Yeah. It is, um... I'm out and enjoying it. It's it's warm, but it's horribly, horribly wrong. I was walking uh, around this weekend. And by the way, if this is just, once again, just the evidence in front of our eyes of how messed up the climate of this country and this world are at this point. I was out walking around this weekend. It's February. It was February 24th and 25th. The The lakes in the Twin Cities should have a firm coating of ice until sometime in April. It was open water on a lot of lakes. I mean, I just, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like this. And it's, ne- it's never happened. Today's supposed to be a record high. And then we're going to get snow and it's going to be freezing cold on like Wednesday. And then it's record highs again this weekend. Yeah, sure. Things are great. Uh, yep. Yeah, but hey, you know, I, I just can't wait for the conservatives. Like, so it's a nice day. Oh, boo hoo. Yeah, yeah. When all the crops in rural America are starting to fail on a mass level. Why aren't you people helping us? Let's not play the blame game. Let's just get solutions. Yeah, okay. I don't think we should I don't think we should give up on the blame game. I'm good with the blame game. You guys good with the I'm gonna point some fingers. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. So I want to first of all just briefly touch on Saturday's Trump in South Carolina. Because that wasn't a big win. That wasn't. Of course, we were greeted with the headlines, a dominating victory for Donald Trump. Okay, once again, it's you You cannot treat him like an incumbent uh, or uh, incumbent because he's not. But he's not a fresh faced political figure either. He's the last Republican president. So there is a level of incumbency here, but he's not currently sitting in the White House. So it's not fair to necessarily call him an incumbent 
But at the same time, for a guy who you guys all claim the entire party is behind, for him to once again, once again, not be able to get more than 60% of the party on his side. Now, granted, South Carolina is a different, a little different with Nikki Haley, but he basically pulled in everyone but one or two people of the Republican Party down there to, to endorse him. Um, it, it is interesting. If you looked at that map from South Carolina, one of the things I found to be fascinating is it's the Republicans in the metro areas. If you look at the breakdown, urban Republicans do not like Trump. Do not like Trump. And to a point, I mean, I, I will say there's uh, and I can talk about this county with authority because folks in Chicago, I have gone to Beaufort, South Carolina quite a bit. My, my mom lives down there now. I've got a brother that lives down there now and uh i've made some trips it's it's gorgeous go visit it's it's spectacular it's absolutely spectacular down there and it is probably the most liberal part of south carolina and so it it generally is you know they've had democrats down there representing that district uh so it it is kind of one of those that is um you know that, that that you know it can go to the left that actually, there are, but still, once again, I want to be very clear. There's still a lot of Republicans down there. Paris Island, the, the Marine Corps base is down there. So there are a lot of Republicans down there. They all went for Nikki Haley. That was that area, too. So in blue-leaning areas, Trump is wildly unpopular still. And that's where he's losing right now. I can imagine in the Chicago Metroplex area that you get the... Um, same thing that in areas in suburban areas where Trump has if there are Republicans there. Trump is not as popular as if you get out of state and go into the more rural parts of the state. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this is his problem. And he's today there. are He's calling a lot for um, people to for you know for Nikki Haley and people I mean him and other people are calling for Nikki Haley to step out of the race and the main reason they're wanting to step out of the race is that they even the national media realizes this whole narrative that they've been this false narrative they've been pushing that Donald Trump is somehow unstoppable when he's losing 40% of the Republican base that doesn't look good so they don't want Nikki Haley anymore in this race so that he can get all the votes and basically say see everyone loves me and that's kind of the whole thing so We'll have to see. Nikki Haley today lost the Koch brothers funding. Um, But the reality is, I mean, she's in a position right now where she can kind of demand a high level spot within the Trump administration if she basically pulls out. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I don't know if she wants to go back to the U.N. Would be that to be the position or does she want the VP slot? I don't know. But she's going to she's going to go into the convention for the Republicans with a lot of power especially 30 to 40% of the Republican base power. And Trump needs those voters if he has any chance whatsoever. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, And if he does what I think he's going to do, which is vilify her, insult her, mock her, criticize her, you know, she, can, she has the power to basically say, you know what, I wouldn't vote for Donald Trump. I mean, DeSantis is already, you know, very critical of Trump still. And so, you know, he needs them in, in you know, in the fold per se. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Now, enough about that. I want to spend the next bit of the show talking about an epiphany I had yesterday. An epiphany I had 
in church. Now, I'm, there is going to be religious content to this discussion, and I want to say what I'm going to say is my always my disclaimer. You do or don't do whatever it is you do or don't want to do. Seriously, I want you to be happy. Find out what you're happy with, with and you know, all my best on that. I'm a Christian, and I've talked before about how I left the Catholic Church. My family and I left the Catholic Church um, when the Conference of Catholic Bishops basically decided to go to war with Joe Biden. And that was enough for us, and that wasn't. we weren't the only ones. A lot of people have left. And I found a lovely little Lutheran church in, named Westwood that is uh, Westwood Lutheran up in uh, St. Louis Park, and it's fantastic. I love going there. It's a very good church. Because I come from the religious philosophy as a Christian that Jesus was about loving, caring, compassion, welcoming, peace, that sort of thing. Not, let me tell you who you need to hate now. Taylor Swift is the devil. You know, I, that's, that, that's, that's not the Christianity I ever learned, read about. I've read the Bible, and I don't think a lot of people who claim to have read it on the right have read the Bible. But I've read it, and uh, yeah, it seems to be, you know, about peace, love, and welcoming. Inclusion, diversity, equity, that sort of thing. You know, the stuff the Republicans hate. There have been I, I want to I want to preface it by saying I once again you know religiously and I also want to preface this by saying sometimes the answer to a question is not nearly as complicated or you know diluted as you think it is sometimes it is just right in your face and that's what happened yesterday as I finally figured out something that I've been wanting to wanting it to be far more complicated and the reality is through the sermon I heard yesterday I realized what was standing in front of me. The entire time, what the difference is between one side of this country and the other side of this country. Now, my confusion and my questioning started a while back in regards to the COVID response, because I was always flabbergasted about the way elements of this country reacted to this, that suddenly vaccines were the big enemy that which, by the way, they praised when Trump was in the White House. And then the minute he got out of the White House because he used the vaccines and the covid crisis as a political weapon, they all of a sudden became bad. There was a lot of people that adopted the mentality of, I don't care. I want to go get my chicken wings at the sports bar. And that's just that. And I don't care how many people die. Or I don't care what my company's policy is. You got to let me in there unvaccinated and unmasked. And I don't care if I get other people sick. That's the deal. And what you had was selfishness. Basically, it was selfishness and ignorance. And they wanted the rest of the world to validate it for them. They wanted the the government to basically say, oh, yes, being a stupid idiot and spreading a disease during a, an, an epidemic is a really good idea. They wanted other people to take the blame for their stupidity. They wanted their companies to say, okay, yeah, you have a valid opinion, so we'll let you in, and if everyone gets sick, you're off the hook. And that's what it was. It was selfishness and ignorance, but they wanted to be validated, and when the rest of the world didn't validate them, they started grunting louder and louder and eventually started coughing louder and louder, but you see. Needless to say, the entire concept of I don't care about the elderly if they all die, I don't care, was something that I never thought in my life I would ever see orchestrated as a major talking point within 
this country as far as one side of the political aisle. Just take grandpa, put him on the Viking ship, and light it ablaze and bon voyage, that sort of thing. That didn't seem like the America I know, and it sure didn't seem like anything Christian that the so-called Christian right was pushing. But this is kind of, and, and it's kind of one of those things where I've tried to figure out an answer to this in regards to the question of what is the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans, because it's just, it's easy to sort of say the deplorables and there they all love Trump. But the reality is it's, it's sometimes I was kept thinking this is much more of a nuanced thing. Then I saw an interesting video, and this is a video that I have shed tears over. It is Taylor Swift. If you have not seen the video, I'll post it up on the socials a little bit later on. It's her at one of her Eras Tour concerts, and there is a child in the front row who is clearly going through a health crisis, um, clearly a sick child who is in the front row, um, and Taylor Swift comes down and sits down, gives him a very big hug, and puts her hat on her head and, and, and says, thank you very much for being here. And it is truly the pure joy that this child is having at that moment is spectacular. And it's something that is beautiful. And it is truly love. And it's kind of one of those things I think about it a little bit as a parent because for just a brief moment, that child, those parents, everyone around this kid forgot about what was going on in their life for just a few minutes. And my God, bless Taylor Swift for that. But of course, yes, she got ripped apart. I'll talk more about that in a second. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950 and WCPT. It is the Matt McNeil Show on your Monday. Good to have you with us today. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. So yeah, I was mentioning. There's another thing on top of this this question I've been rolling around in my head for the last four years about how in the world did half this country get to a point of such selfishness and ignorance that basically the concern about other people during the COVID epidemic did not matter to them. And it didn't. It just did not matter to them. And that blew my mind. Another thing that happened is, of course, the Taylor Swift video I mentioned where she goes on out there and gives a big hug and a, a greeting to a, a kid who's clearly going through a fairly serious medical crisis. And God bless her for it because I think to myself, not only for that kid, for that kid clearly all of a sudden forgot about all the problems they have in their young, young life, but the family of that child, because the video comes from, I'm presuming, the parent or a caregiver of the child who is there filming it and at least for a few hours, they forgot about what has been tormenting them in their lives. And as a parent, I, I can't even imagine how, how nice that was to not have that front and center just for a few minutes. And of course, depending on the post of the Taylor Swift video, you will see quite a few people insulting and ridiculing and you know, just going at it. And like, how did we get to this point? And like I said, I've been going back and forth because I think this is – I keep thinking to myself, this is something far more nuanced and everything. Now, I'm about to get into some religious content. Forgive me. I am a Christian. I go to church. I know. You, you guys on the right should try it. Um, I went to church yesterday, and the pastor had a sermon where he brought up 
John 13, 34, 35. And once again, I, my job here is not to convert you or anything. I'm just talking about this perspective because this perspective is it, – it helps me understand the world that we're living in. And it also, once again, gives me faith that the absolute distortion and abuse of the Christian faith that has happened at the hands of the right wing in this country can be undone. Just for those who don't know, John 13, 34, 35, here you go. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, let's understand something about Jesus and who he was. Um, he was not a person that would walk up to someone and give him a hug and say, hate the sin, love the sinner. No, he wouldn't do that. He just sat with people talked with people, welcomed people, cared for people as they were. He welcomed them and loved them for who they were because he understood everyone's relationship here is a personal one. And he never you, – you, he didn't condemn the people that the right wing tell us to condemn. He didn't like the scribes and the Pharisees and the hypocrites. He didn't like those. He repeatedly went after them for the people that were basically sitting on a throne pretending to be religious idol when they weren't. They weren't even following the basic tenets of that. Sound familiar? Yes, it does. He did not like selfishness. He did not like greed. He condemned hating others, and he sure as heck condemned the judging of others multiple times. The man that makes Christians Christians did all these things. He did not condemn the LGBTQ population. He did not. He did not condemn abortion, even though it was a common practice back then. At no point in the Bible, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of Jesus, does he do that? He just told us what exactly he wants us to do, to love people unconditionally, to do that. And that's when it hit me. That's the difference. Now, I could play this out in a fairly heartless way and just say, you know, one side loves people and one side hates people. (sighs) To basically calm down the writers whose heads are exploding right now, I'll say it this way instead. I care for people. The other side really doesn't. And that is it. Like I said, sometimes the answer is very basic and it's right in front of our faces. When I sat there during the COVID pandemic and every day I sat, I said, I don't want you sick. I don't want you to have long COVID. I don't want you to be dead. And I don't want you to be bankrupt from medical bills. I didn't say that because I disliked you. I have the basic common core decency of a human being. And I did not want you to suffer. I cared for you. I loved you. I did not want you to die. And that goes for every single one of you. I didn't. Rather, if you're one of the most far-right Christians or the far-left progressives. I didn't want you dead. I didn't want you broke. I didn't want you sick. I want you to have affordable health care. I want you to have decent schools. I want you to have good jobs with decent wages. I want to help you. What does the other side want to do? The other side... They'll try to argue, like, well, we want to help you by basically making sure you're rich, which they know you're never going to get rich. It comes down to one thing. I'm in it for myself. And screw the rest of you. That's it. 
I don't care about you. So I'm going to go get my, I want my chicken wings during a pandemic. And I don't care if I'm sick. That's my right to get chicken wings. I don't want to stay home and, and remote learn if I don't have a vaccine. So I would, I want to jeopardize the health and safety because I'm selfish. I don't want to pay taxes because I think I deserve my money back. And the heck with everyone else. I just want my money back. I don't, I don't think we should have good schools or I don't think we should have good roads unless it's a road I drive on or a school my kid goes to. Then the sky's the limit. That is the difference between us right now. I care about you. I care about all of you. I really do. I care about you and I want you to have a better life. You just care about yourselves, and you could give a rat's caboose about any of the rest of us. And that is about the most perfect way to say it right now. And we don't want to say that because, man, that sounds kind of harsh. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yep, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, it does. But the longer we validate the people that are only in it for themselves, the selfish, the greedy, the irresponsible, the ignorant... The longer we keep pandering to them, thinking that this this pestilence that's oozing from them is something noble or misunderstood, when it's really just a simple thing, I care about you and they don't. Ta-da! It's that simple. I care about you and they don't. And it's getting to the point where even when you have a Taylor Swift Caring for somebody, doing the decent thing, being a really good human being, it annoys them because it violates the narrative they want to be true. Because, once again, every villain thinks they're the hero of their own story. And so they think their selfishness, their their greediness, their ignorance— their lack of compassion, they think it's somehow noble and righteous, but even themselves in their noggin, they know we're going down the wrong path here. That's why they lash out like they do. Absolutely. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on your Monday. Broadcasting in the evening on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk and AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It is the Matt McNeil Show on your Monday. Good to have you with us today. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. And, and I think why I've been thinking about this is a little bit, and by the whole thing again, is down in Florida, there was Surgeon General of Florida, Johnny Dr. Idiot over there out there telling people, oh, well, yeah, yeah, measles, uh, you don't need to get vaccinated. And, yeah, we're going to leave it up to the parents where they send their sick, you know, measles-ridden kid to school. It's one of the most contagious diseases out there, man. What are you doing? And that is selfishness. And in that case, the selfishness is they don't want to lose favor with the Internet trolls that think he's good so basically, he'll give out bad medical advice to basically go. So it's very selfish. You know, he's just he's just basically ignoring what he should know better at doing to basically pander to one small crowd. And at this point, how he still has a medical license, I do not know. 
But, you know, if there's, there's no consequences for basically telling people, hey, let's serve up your kids to the measle buffet, I, I don't know what else you do there. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Friday night, I, I, just, I do want to make sure I mention this too. Donald Trump, during his speech, said his, I, I, and this is verbatim, his soup pie cane is broken. Soup pie cane is what he said. Now, we did have some intelligent people look at the Rosetta Stone of, of, of Donald Trump, which basically is a, a you know, rusty, wet Denny's menu. And it basically, uh, it, they think it meant, he meant supply chain, but he distinctly said his soup pie cane is broken. Uh, I hate it when I lose a soup pie cane, man. Oh, oh that's going to sting for a little bit. God, it, 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 is, is that like a weird sexual thing you order? Never mind. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. 952-946-6205. Of course, that was part of, was that part of his speech over at CPAC? I think it was. And CPAC's in trouble now. Now, aside from the fact that this is one of those events where the entire notion is, how crazy can we get? What is the most extreme, outlandish, clearly out-of-line thing we could possibly say to anyone, what could we get away with? And that's, you know, as far as this goes. And, I mean, trust me, I think there are people in the back room before a person hits the stage for their speech saying, well, can I call for the arrest of all black people? That sort of thing. I think that that is kind of where CPAC is at. And when you brush up against the extremist extremism, well, they're not brushing up. I mean, it's like a porn film at this point. Uh, when they basically are, you know, Caligula, Caligula orgying it with the extremist far right, as they are, the CPAC folks are, it should not be a surprise that some of the far right who they don't want to be associated with CPAC shows up. And if you haven't seen this, uh, Matt Schlapp, who himself is just uh, just a little peach pie, uh, he, the head of the uh, CPAC and NBC have been going at it right now. Critics are blasting CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, as the embattled head of the organization puts together and hosts the event. They're attacking NBC News over its report that states Nazis were openly mingling at CPAC, spreading anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and finding allies. Oh, was Marjorie Taylor Greene there? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I just actually, was she there? Yeah. Okay. No sheet, you say. All right. Uh, Nazis appear to find a friendly reception at the Conservative Political Action Conference this year, writes Ben Goggin, the NBC Digital Deputy Director for Technology. Although the conference racist extremists, some of them who had secured official CPAC badges, openly mingled with conference attendees and espoused anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. If they're, you know, yeah, and they have official badges from CPAC. The presence of these individuals has been persistent issue at CPAC. In previous years, conference organizers have ejected well-known Nazis and white supremacists, such as Nick Fuentes. NBC News also reported, but this year, racist conspiracy theorists didn't meet any precipitable uh, resistance at the conference where Trump has been the keynote speaker since 2017. They couldn't boot them out because there was no one there, man. 
Did you see the pictures of those play- some of those uh, speeches? No one was there. Yeah, it was pretty empty. Slap is apparently furious and dismissive with the NBC News report. Now, it should be noted that Schlapp did not allow MSNBC, the stepbrother or sister of NBC, into CPAC, did not give them media credentials. But you see is by doing that, they sort of allowed... They, so they, a lot of these uh, journalists just bought regular admission tickets and were in there. And since they just had regular admission tickets, they didn't have to identify themselves as media. And because of that, many people were coming up to them. I, I said I, I read multiple articles that said people were just coming up to them and talking to them and, you know, very nice and cordial. And then all of a sudden came out the Nazi stuff. Anyway, here's Schlapp and his, his attack back on NBC. NBC's claim that there was a Nazi present at CPAC 2024 is false, misleading, and grossly manipulative, especially coming from a writer who has carried the water for Hamas in much of his reporting in the Israeli-Gaza war, Schlapp wrote in a statement posted by CPAC to Twitter. When we come across someone at CPAC peddling any kind of anti-Semitism, we deal with them immediately. Knowing this, NBC weaved together lies and fabrications to create a false perception. We won't stand by to idly while NBC engages in this willful misinformation. In a separate post, Schlapp also wrote, Yawn. This is a tired old cliche. The neo-Nazis and our myths are the ones controlling our college campuses and major institutions and grossly populate the newsroom of corporate media calling for an Israeli surrender. NBC decided to, okay, fine, since we know you like to getting spanked, let's do this. The Nazis introduced themselves to me at a mixer, and they said they were national socialists. That would be Nazis. They started talking about skull measurements and pushing the conspiracy theory that all races were being controlled uh, by the Jewish people. They were posting about their presence at CPAC online. He also provided numerous photos and video of the Nazis at CPAC not being escorted out by CPAC. Either CPAC is lying about having no idea about this or they simply don't have the grasp of who they approved to come to their conference. Or there is the third option. They knew exactly who they allowed into their conference. And I'm going to guess it's C. I'm frankly, I'm going to go with C. Anti-Semitism, Nazis, the great replacement theory, white supremacist Nick Fuentes have become so common among the conservatives that I think attendees, even journalists, don't think too deeply about them being at CPAC. There was very much an oh-them attitude about the Nazis from the rest of CPAC. It really illustrated how successfully extremists have shifted to the, the window this year, they were expected, and their presence was tolerated. Critics also blasted CPAC, and CPAC avowed Nazis mingled openly and spread anti-Semitic conspiracy theories as speakers welcomed the end of democracy. They're all saying the quiet part out loud, and most GOP lawmakers are silent or cheering. This is how extremism is normalized, warned <clears throat> from the Jewish Council of Public Affairs, Amy uh, Spitlanik, the CEO. Spitlanik led a group that won $25 million judgment against the neo-Nazis who organized the deadly 2017 Charlottesville March in Virginia. Uh, that basically, uh, that was, they won that in 2022. And reminder, the Charlottesville, we should remind her that Donald Trump said, they're good people on both sides, implying the Nazis and the KKK were good people. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I guess your soup pie cane is broken. I, I would guess that's what it is. Is that soup pie cane? Is that a Nazi code word? Maybe it is. Uh, 952-946-6205. The other thing that I've been paying attention to today, and this has been kind of a hoot to watch, because I don't know where this is going to go. We could be looking, we could have having a court argument that could be the end of social media. Because I don't think most of us want to go on social media and be forced to be interacting with the extremist far anything. I think most of us don't want that. Um, but yet there is a court case that basically is saying that you cannot restrict hate speech on your social media platforms. And it's an interesting question because on a lot of different levels, the Supreme Court seems skeptical on Monday of laws in Florida and Texas that bar major social media companies from making editorial judgments about which messages to allow. The laws were enacted in an effort to shield conservative voices on the sites, but the court's decision expected in June will almost certainly be its most important statement of the scope of the First Amendment in the Internet era with broad political and economic implications. The ruling that tech platforms have no editorial discretion to decide which posts to allow would expose users to greater variety of viewpoints, but almost certainly amplify the ugliest aspects of the digital age, including hate speech and disinformation. A ruling in favor of the big platforms like Facebook and YouTube seemed likely, but the courts also seem poised to return the case to the lower courts to answer questions about how the laws applies to sites like Gmail, Venmo, Uber, Etsy that may not moderate their user speech in the same way. The justices deferred about whether the laws, which have been blocked for now, should go into effect in the meantime, but a majority seemed inclined to keep them on hold while the litigation moves forward. Several justices said the state's violated the First Amendment by telling a handful of major platforms that they could not moderate their users' posts, drawing a distinction between government censorship prohibited by the First Amendment and actions of a private company to determine what speech to include on their sites. We have a major problem with laws that are so broad that they stifle speech just on their face, said uh, Sonia Sotomayor. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh read the sentence from a 1976 campaign finance decision, which has long been a touchstone for him. The concept that government may restrict the speech of some elements of our society in order to enhance the relative voice of others is wholly foreign to the First Amendment, he said, indicating that he rejected the state's argument that it may regulate the fairness out of public debate in private settings. And that's the key there, because that was something that was brought up. I wonder, said Chief Justice Roberts, since we're talking about the First Amendment, whether our first concern should be with the state regulating what we have called the modern public square. The law's supporters say they were attempting to combat what they called Silicon Valley censorship, though, which major social media companies have deleted posts expressing conservative views. The laws were prompted in part by the decisions of some platforms to bar Trump before January 6th attack on the Capitol. The laws from Florida and Texas differ, uh, differ, differ in their details. Florida prevents the platforms from permanently barring candidates for political office on the state, while Texas prohibits the platforms from removing any content based on a user's viewpoint. To generalize just a bit, Judge Andrew Oldman wrote in a decision upholding the Texas law, the Florida law prohibits all censorship on some speakers, while the one in Texas prohibits some censorship of all speakers when based on the views they express. The two trade associations challenging the laws, Net Choice and the Computer and Communications Industry Association, said the actions that Oldham called censorship were editorial choices 
protected by the First Amendment. The states responded that the Internet platforms were common carriers requiring to transmit everyone's messages. So basically saying you can't stop this, which, by the way, and one thing they did not bring up here, it does bring up the question on whether or not could a person make an argument that no one has the right to block somebody there, that that if you walk through the town square, per se, you can you can try to plug your fingers in your ears, but the reality is you got to walk past the people that are talking. And so does does this have the ability to to do that? Um, some of the points from today, and I thought this was interesting, Jackson was one of the trickiest issues. What are the platforms? Are they public squares or are they private communication companies? Which I think it's the latter. They're private companies, like telephone companies or newspapers. It shows how far we've come from the broadcast TV era, which is largely skipped over today when television networks were and still are regulated by the FCC. Justice Kavanaugh asked how the Texas law against viewpoint discrimination would apply to speech endorsing or promoting terrorism. They tried to figure that out, but their whole argument was, well, then you ban the whole thing. It's like, wait a second here. That's kind of counterproductive to what your argument is. Um, they, you know, the, the argument is they're unconstitutional. Uh, I, Kagan really went after – I think it was the guy for Texas because – and, and, and the argument is, is that – the reality is, is that you're just trying to protect certain kinds of speech. That the anti-vax speech or the overthrow the government speech, that's the speech you want to protect. You, you really don't care anything about the, the speech that says anti-vaxxers are bad or we shouldn't overthrow the government, to which the guy kind of humana, 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 humana. And, but the reality is she was right on that. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. But they are private companies. It's the Matt McNeil Show. It is the Matt McNeil Show on a Monday, 952-946-6205. I, I want to uh, you know, talk about uh, a, an, a story out of the sports world here, but I want to preface this by a few years back here in Minneapolis, uh, Iowa came up, I think it was for a football game, and they won. And this was when they played at the old Metrodome. And apparently the brain trust, that's the Iowa student body, decided to try to tear down the, the goalposts and carry them outside of the Metrodome which had rotating doors, revolving doors. There's a reason why I will not. I mean, rivalries are one thing. You know, you you have sports rivalries. Um, if your student body can't figure out square peg round hole, then yeah, I I'm I'm uh, no no uh, I don't. My kids have not ever gone and toured at Iowa. I don't have a lot of faith in the education system down there. That being said, kids do a lot of stupid things in sports. And there's a lot of there's there's a, a great hubbub out there about what happened in a Duke Wake Forest game just a month after Iowa women's basketball star Caitlin Clark collided with the court with an unidentified Ohio State fan. Duke's Kyle Filipowski was injured actually Saturday. He was injured. In the wake of a Wake Forest fan rushing the home court after the Deacons beat the number eight Duke Blue Devils eighty-three to seventy-nine, fan ran into Filipowski, and the Duke star hobbled off the court with the help of teammates. This got to change. Filipowski pointed on X after the game. Duke co- coach John Share called the court storming to be banned, and Wake Forest co- coach Steve Forbes agreed. 
Uh, how many times does a player have to get into something where they're getting punched, they get pushed, they get taunted right in their face? It's a dangerous thing. It's a question that has emerged with renewed urgency this college basketball season with several stars of the men's and women's games have been caught in the middle of storms while scenes of massive jubilant fans running on the court date back to at least the black and white film days of the 1950s. In the modern version, fans spill onto the court and exalt participants, marketing uh, social, uh, marketing conscious schools and consumer-driven media outlets excitedly share the video. Official statistics aren't available, but according to an ESPN review, there have been about three court storms a week in the past three months in college basketball. In a three-hour span on February 21st, there were episodes in Louisiana, Pennsylvania, Virginia. Rarely has anyone gotten hurt, but a 2004 court storm resulted in Arizona high school star suffering a stroke that left him partially paralyzed. Now, it's unfortunate what happened to this Duke kid, but I I, I don't want to kind of step back here. Because the entire argument basically revolves around one thing. How dare you guys? It's, it's just a game, for goodness sakes. It's just a game. Why are you so out of control? Funny story. Um, the sports themselves are the reason why this crap goes on. It's that simple. The sports themselves are the reason why. Have you heard how they market sports to you? It's America. It's tradition. It's family. You know, are you a good fan or are you a great fan? Your, Your life is meaningless without this game. And if you think I'm exaggerating that, that is that's what they say. And it's only getting worse because they want you to be a big fan so that you'll go put a second mortgage on your freaking house and wager it on uh, you know, a Sacramento Kings game, for God's sakes. That <laughs> that's kind of where they're at. You know, in Minnesota, when the Vikings were thinking about leaving because they weren't getting the stadium because the billionaire owner couldn't get the stadium. The taxpayer is paying it. You should have heard the narratives up here. Our town's going to be is going to be garbage without the Vikings. The Vikings, the Vikings, a team that epitomizes what pain and destruction to a fan base really is. The Vikings. But suddenly it's, we're going to be a lesser town. Let him go, for God's sakes. I think it'll clean up the air in this town. But back then, all of a sudden, the same exact people, the same exact people who would look at you and say, how dare you want to give money to a hungry person? How dare you want to do that? That's my taxpayer money. Those same people, $2 billion for a football team, that's a great investment. It's not. And, and you'll never make that money back. It's just you're basically pandering to a millionaire because he's got a product that he basically can get a bunch of you know deranged fans to scream for at the top of their lungs you guys do this it's not just a sport it's a way of life i mean that's you in wisconsin you can get buried in a freaking packer's coffin (laughs) cheese sauce is extra uh (laughs) (laughs) and people have and that's the crazy part is and people have you have done this you have basically created this world for these kids where it's the only thing that matters these colleges are not about education anymore it's about the sports programs 
And that's what you've done. You, you, are you going to be at the game? We've got to be there. Oh, we're going to charge money. We've gotta, all these things. You, you need, you've created this money-making venture that requires blind allegiance. Not just the ticket to the game. It's not just the booze, but it's the jerseys. It's the hats. It's the merch. It's the coffins in Wisconsin, for God's sakes. Yee, You guys have done this, and now you have the audacity. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When we were saying that this is more important than your family, we didn't mean for you to actually treat it like it was important. Well, pick a freaking lane. Is it really this deeply important thing? Is it? Is it tradition? It's I mean, my God, you got, you've created this world where people were livid because a handful of people kneel to protest racial injustice in this com- in country during a national anthem. And you guys got to, how dare you d- desecrate the, the importance of a sporting event? You guys have created this. So it's really rich for me to see ESPN act as if, wait a second here, wait a, wait, when did you guys start thinking sports was that important? I don't know. When did you start broadcasting? Yeah, you wanna you wanna get upset about this? Then tone down your message, which you're not going to do because you need people to gamble and people to buy the hats and the jerseys. So that's just the way it's going to be. Sorry, this is your fault. Have a good one, Chicago. See you tomorrow, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hour two up next. Hour number two of the show here on your Monday. Good to have you with us today. Matt and Patrick here on what is a shockingly, disturbingly warm day. I hope you're enjoying it, but reminder, this is nowhere near where we should be right now. Uh, and I should, you know, in case you haven't seen the weather, I think a lot of people have, but uh, we're going to get 10 degrees below normal on Wednesday. We're going to just have this real quick blast of ice cold air. It's going to come in. We're going to have rec- we could have record highs today. Wednesday it's going to be record. You know, we're not going to be record cold. We're going to be ten degrees below normal on Wednesday, with single digits as lows. And then on the weekend, it's supposed to be back up in the sixties again. As a matter of fact, they're saying I think it's Sunday of next week we could break seventy. Ugh, it is bizarre, man. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. So Patrick. We, of course, here are in putting forward a Listener Appreciation Month uh, right on AM950, and we've been having just a heck of a time. We've been giving away uh, tickets. We've been giving away gift cards. We've been doing a lot of different things, and there's a lot of ways you can do it. Now, we, you can listen to the shows. I mean, obviously, my show is live and Native Roots Radio, and uh, uh, we've got uh, Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken at night. You can listen there, and we're giving away tickets on these shows as well, so that's one way to win. But one of the things that we are doing is we're encouraging people to go to the AM950 Facebook page. And if you go to the AM950 Facebook page, you can, you know, like the page, which is important. You know, that's a, that's a good way to start. And you can like the page as well as also uh, you can um, go to uh, – you can like on a post there on the Facebook page. All right? You can do that. If you do that in any given week, you're entered in – to possibly win prizes. So just like the Facebook page, like a post on the Facebook page, or you can go to am950radio.com, sign up for the e-newsletter, 
And in the e-newsletter, there's other ways as well for you to get registered. But you have a lot of people that can get registered uh, to win prizes in that way as well. So what we've been doing is what we call the Wheel of Destiny, which you can see behind me. we got the camera in the corner here. And we put the Wheel of Destiny on there. And on every one of those little lines is an individual who has either liked the Facebook page, liked a post on Facebook, or has uh, signed up for the e-newsletter on the AM 950 webpage. And we have some gift certificates for some of the great restaurants to give away today. I got four gift certificates. Uh, we'll start off with, let's do that, that Great Wall. If you haven't been to Great Wall, fantastic food uh, down on France Avenue in Edina. Just great Szechuan Chinese, just no matter what you like. It's a $25 gift card. Uh, Patrick, whenever we're ready, and I have to, by the way, I have to do the clicking sound because that's, you know, our high-tech budget didn't include audio for a radio station. You know, can we have a meeting about this? Can we have – never mind. I'll just – I'll write a memo for the next time. All right. So, Patrick, whenever you are ready to go, click the Wheel of Destiny. Click, 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 click. Click. There we go. Malathia Ramdas Sridhar. And forgive me if I mispronounce it. Malathia Ramdas Sridhar. Congratulations. You've got yourself. That's, that is the Great Wall gift certificate. Fantastic food over at Great Wall. Malathia, thank you very much for doing this. Congratulations on winning that gift certificate. $25 for you for Great Wall. Enjoy that. Uh, coming up next, and this is one of my favorites because, boy, oh, boy, I've, I've sure enjoyed having them on the air here. Mavericks Real Roast Beef. Oh, are they fantastic. I've got a $25 gift card for Mavericks Real Roast Beef. We're giving this away right now. Patrick, whenever you're ready, let's spin the wheel. Clickety-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click-click
We're going to announce this week our major grand prize. You will want to win this. I will say this. Uh, this is absolutely a huge. I know that some of the details. I don't know all the details, but it's huge. And I can tell you it's going to be wildly popular. So make sure you're listening. We'll start giving away on my show tomorrow. We'll be giving away stuff on my show tomorrow. And then, of course, listen to the live shows. And once again, as you just heard with Wheel of Destiny, go to the Facebook page. All right. Click on the Facebook page and like the Facebook page. Like one of the posts on the Facebook page. Go over to uh, the, e- new ma- uh, the email newsletter, which is off of am950radio.com. Sign up for it there. Get yourself in for the Wheel of Destiny. You can win there as well. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I, I do want to kick a quick second, if I, if I may, to once again bring up the weather here because... This is nuts. I mean, this this is really, really nuts, what we have been dealing with. This is, there is open water. Open water on Normandale Lake. I, I we went out hiking this weekend, and I went to that, oh gosh, I, let, me, let me pull up here. I went to this, that great park. That's down behind Mystic Lake Casino. It's really a nice one down there. Which one is that one? That's off of Marshall. Um, oh, let's see. Uh, Spring Lake Regional. Spring Lake Regional. So that's a good one. If you want a good a good park to hike, that's a good one to do. And then I also went out to uh, Normandale Lake, uh, which is basically 494 in France. Uh, or excuse me, 494 in, in Normandale, Highway 100. Uh, it's down there. So you, we went down. I hiked both of those lakes and uh, those parks and. On the lake on Normandale, I was stunned to see open water. Not only seeing open water, uh, but as well swans. <laughs> You're back a little early, aren't you? Uh, they're not going to like Wednesday. Uh, but they're back. Uh, I got a picture from Dr. Joe, who sent me. Uh, he's up in the Northland. Says it looks like it's starting to ice out a little bit up there. This is crazy, man. This is crazy. This is so broken. And granted, this is a super El Nino year. Um, they're expecting things to to kind of snap back next year. But these they're not snapping back the way they should be. I am not the biggest fan of the extended winter, the ones where... You know, it's, you know, it's, you know, three right after Thanksgiving, the snow's on the ground and it's really cold and it stays cold from December all the way to the end of February. You start having a bit of a mixed bag in March, April, you still get a little snow sometimes, pretty common to have a little snow come down in April. Heck, even occasionally in a May, in early May, you'll, you'll, if the conditions are just right, you'll get an inch or two of snow. I have... um I understand it's it's a little bit of a tough thing, but that's winter here. That's why I live here. I live here because it has the seasons. And as much as we want to sit and say, oh, this is no big deal, it will be back. Actually, it's a really big deal, and we're not going to understand the complexities of the impact of this for a while. And whether that's 
bugs that usually get eaten, or not get eaten, get frozen out, get frozen out, uh, not getting frozen out this year. I'm going to guess every, oh, there's going to be a lot of bugs and insects that generally cannot survive in Minnesota making their way further up north this year. The bugs that we do have that do a lot of damage, whether that's to trees or to other to other bug species and stuff, they're not going to have getting close. To, I mean, we're going to have bumper crops of them this next year. Forests are going to get wiped out. Crops are going to get wiped out. You're, you know, it depends. I mean, obviously, we got to be careful with with drought. That's a big problem. But nothing that lives here is used to this. It is literally like you've just picked Minneapolis-St. Paul up and dropped it in northern Missouri. Heck, dropped it in southern Missouri. Let's be honest. This is crazy. In Wisconsin, I believe that they declared a state of emergency over there for the lack of snow that they've had because of the impacts to the rural economy that cannot, you know, that, that banks on ice fishermen and and snowmobilers and 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 people coming up to to do skiing and stuff i have no doubt that it will kind of swing back i mean it's trying to swing back this week into what would be and and as much as people you're going to see on wednesday say see all you doom and gloomers the reality is It's not, you know, it it gets cold still. Yeah, it's going to get cold. It's going to be 10 degrees below normal. But that that doesn't counter 30-plus degrees above normal. I mean, we hit 64 today. It's going to be, I think it's 31 degrees warmer than it should be. 31. We're going to hit 70. 70 on the first Sunday of March. We do not have people – I'm going to go back to what I talked about in the first segment, which was the, the 3 o'clock hour, which is I care for you versus the people that don't care for you. They're not going to help you because the, whether it's dis, you know, dismissing reality so they can pander to a few of their internet trolls that think they're the smartest guy they ever lived – or it's because they've been bought and paid for to make sure that only when things are dire can they basically say, well, you know, sure, I've been saying there's no climate change for the last 30 years, and clearly I was lying, but let's not play the blame game. I'm at the table now. Let's come up with solutions when we're way past the point of any solution that's going to make anything work well. I guess to a point... Minnesota should feel a little bit comfortable because we are what they're saying is a state that could probably weather this to a point, but it's not going to ever be the same. And I I said to a friend, and I've talked about this before, I've said to a friend within the last 20 years, we are going to have a winter without snow in Minnesota, and they scoffed at me. And look at this. And sure, we've had some snow. Have we had 20 inches of snow total since October? Hardly any at all. 
and there's open water on some of these and, and some of these lakes. That is crazy. One um, other quick story I want to mention that has nothing to do with climate change per se, but obviously it's going to have a big pa- impact in Holly, Minnesota, up in northwestern uh, Minnesota. 17 different fire departments helped battle a grain fire elevator in Holly. Um, the fire is now under control. The fire was reported by a passing BNSF railroad crew before midnight. Yeah, grain elevators are actually shockingly dangerous. There's a, if you don't know the history of the city, there was a grain elevator explosion that killed a bunch of people in Minneapolis. And as a matter of fact, a few of them are buried over uh, by the cemetery by Bede Makaska. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, yeah, there it's, you know, and that that did a lot of damage to downtown Minneapolis when that thing blew up. They're very dangerous. Firefighters uh, put efforts put strain on the city water's tower. Apparently, firefighters were having to haul in water from other places to help fight the fire. The city is asking residents to refrain from using water at this time. Holly Public Schools are also closed Monday due to water pressure issues from fighting the fire. No one was hurt in the fire. The cause of the fire is unknown as of Monday morning. Could be something electric. It could be just, you know, sometimes that dust just catches on fire and boom, off it goes. So, yeah, obviously, Holly, Minnesota, that's that's one of those that for a town that size, that's that's one that in 100 years they'll still be talking about it because it's going to have a, 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 a real dramatic effect on the community, at least here for the next, uh, clearly for the next uh, a few years for sure. Uh, so all my best to the people up there. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Still miss him every day, man. I miss him every day. 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. So we have it, – it's been a while since we've had the ballot kooks show up and start screaming about, I'm, not, I'm counting all ballots and I can throw away any ones I don't like. This is not a fair election. We haven't had those guys show up in the news lately. But, hey, guess what? Rice County, you're up to bat. Uh, a Brianna Beerspock story. Microphone in hand, Denise Anderson paced from one end of a large conference room to the other, narrating as her team fed ballots into a Rice County Votes counting machines. Public voting equipment tests are one of the routine, usually sparsely attended duties for local government officials ahead of any election. But on a recent Tuesday morning, dozens of people filled into the room. Halfway through her presentation, hands started shooting up in the air. What about the House vote records? Do those get... Printed on the back of the ballots, said Drew Roach, a legislative candidate from a neighboring county, asked from the audience. uh, While another woman filmed it, the head of the county's property tax and elections office, Anderson responded that she is the subject of pending litigation and couldn't answer any questions. She repeated her response as the audience yelled for more questions. You should be holding this meeting! Now, funny story. She is being sued by apparently a far-right-wing nutbag. Uh, that is basically one of these people uh, that is is kind of pushed this idea uh, that there's some sort of fraud that's going on. And now they're using it as she's like, well, I can't talk about it because I'm being sued. I could go to court. This is one of those things where 
you know, they're, they're attacking her because she can't talk because of the lawsuit. Yeah. It, it's exactly what it sounds like. It just sounds like a, and if you see the picture that comes with the story, yep, is it exactly what you imagine? Because they don't, they don't, they, once again, they don't care about you. And I'm going to be using this a lot, by the way. I care about you. I, even if I disagree with you, want your, politically, I want your vote to count. They don't want your vote to count. And so for them, the narrative, the outcome is the starting point. Their desired outcome is the starting point. And I should mention something they talk about in the story. Trump won Rice County, but because he didn't win it by the number they thought he should have, there's the evidence of fraud. These be, Yeah, this gets kooky. Uh, scenes like this are similar in Rice County, which Republican Trump narrowly carried in 2020. Where, so once again, it's not about Trump didn't win the county and we think he should have won the county. It's that he should have won the county by more. Everybody I know votes Republican. So how did anybody vote for a Democrat? That's that's their mentality. Um, they want people that they want people to ditch the electronic voting machines and instead count ballots by hand. Activists had fi- uh, fill, uh, filled county board meetings and election equipment tests. A lawsuit against Anderson filed by a former election judge and one-time congressional candidate has been appealed to the Minnesota Supreme Court. Some county leaders are worried election staff will start quitting ahead of the height of the 2024 election season when Trump is back on the ballot and scrutiny will intensify. It's very frustrating. I would like to share a lot, but right now I'm not allowed to, Anderson said, after the public test for the March 5th presidential primary. The test was 100% accurate and went according to plan. But once again, that that doesn't matter for these people. That doesn't matter because the they want there to be fraud. So henceforth, unless there's fraud, something's fraudulent. Yeah, they don't even hear themselves, I don't think, at this point. Local officials who run elections in Minnesota's 87 counties have been on the front lines of distrust stemming from Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election. Despite no evidence of widespread voter fraud in the last presidential midterm elections, I want to repeat this to all of you freaking delusional nutbags out there. There has never been any proof of wide-scale fraud. Nothing that would cause Trump to have lost. They have had chance after chance, after chance to find this fraud. Not only have they had the court cases, which have all been laughed out of court, and I do mean laughed out of court, because there comes the point in the court case where the judge says, well, where's your evidence of fraud? And they have to look at the judge with a sincere face and say, we don't have any evidence of fraud, but we think there's fraud. So we would like for you to force them to give us all the voting machines, leave us alone in a room with them for eight weeks, and then we'll come out and tell you exactly where the fraud is. And the judge looks at them and says, this is not how this works. You do understand that, right? And they're like, MAGA! And that's what they do because they only exist. There's no one doing this that's saying, yeah, Joe Biden needed more votes. No, no, this is all just Trump. And we should remind people that in Georgia, in Arizona, Arizona, they handed over to the cyber ninjas, this far right group out of Montana who basically stole every bit of, of voter data from Arizona and shipped it up to their databases up in Montana. 
they went to find they went as far as looking at whether there was bamboo in the ballots that would show us they came from China. And not only did they not find any valid voter fraud, where once again, this was them. They kicked out a lot of re- Democrats. They would it was all basically Republicans in rooms by themselves, desperately trying to find it. They found more votes for Biden. In Georgia, you actually have lawsuits right now where county officials allowed people to take and find all the information inside voting machines, which they were not allowed to do. And guess what? Not a single one of them has found any fraud. And even when you get your your films that are made that show apparently show video footage, it's been proven that that's all lies too. As a matter of fact, they themselves came out and admitted, oh, well, yeah, we, we're not, we didn't say that this is what's happening. We just don't have any evidence of it that, 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 that any of this actually happened. It's just something that they said. They, they were actually put on point in court, and they said, oh, no, we don't have any evidence of this happening at all. There is no evidence of election fraud. This was a guy who knew he was going to lose. This was a guy who's a sore loser. He's a guy that knows that a lot of his followers are only in it for themselves, and they val- and they worship him. So he basically convinced you all of a lie. And you guys ate it hook, line, and freaking sinker. Dear God, it's like a northern inhaled a treble hook. You guys, yeah, broken to the core. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. More on this story plus another story or two when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. Hey, Mr. DJ. Put a record on. I want to dance with my baby. Okay, the onion got me, man. The onion got me. Here's here's the headline from The Onion with a big smile, picture of a smiling Clarence Thomas in there, by the way. Clarence Thomas announces a 50% discount on all favorable rulings. <laughs> Has he taken up John Oliver on his, his I'll give you a million dollars a year and a super $500,000 RV? Has he taken him up on that offer? He did. If you didn't see this, you've got to go see this. He basically said, if you're willing to retire, I will give you this state-of-the-art RV, and I'll pay you a million dollars every year until the day you die. And I think this is money out of his own pocket. He is willing to do this. And apparently, and he keeps saying, there is no law that says he can't do this. So it is, yeah. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Previously on this story, a bunch of kooks showed up over at a a demonstration on how the voting machines work and work efficiently to basically scream about non-existent voter fraud that they have created in their own mind because Donald Trump makes them feel as if their lifetime of failure is somehow admonished if all you have to do is love Donald Trump. They're not on your side. Let's just put it this way. Um, in October, uh, in in October 2021, a former election judge, Kathleen Hagan, submitted a data request to the county, asking for data on everything from electronic poll books, scanning and tabulation machines, and to modems 
hotspots, and routers. She also requested the cast vote records, an electronic record of voter selections that national conservative groups have sought after across the country. Unsatisfied with the county's response to her request, Hagan and attorney Matt Benda, who ran unsuccessfully as a Republican for Congress in Minnesota's 1st District in 2022, filed a lawsuit against Anderson to produce more of the records. If court do- in court documents, the county said they responded with all the public data they had, but some of the items they requested simply do not exist, including the cast vote record. So, you know, they, and, and this is something that, that they have wanted to basically, they, it's something, it's, let's let make sure we understand this. They feel as if they should be able to find a record of every time you voted, who exactly you voted for. And generally, I don't think anyone does that. I, I mean, there might be a state or two that does that, but I don't know anyone that does do that. Uh, because once you go into the voting booth, you have anonymity and you can vote there. Now, just say you didn't vote. And, yeah, that you go there, but I don't think that there's anything that tabulates that together. They don't want to believe that by the sounds of it and because they feel as if it should be something that they can go through and see who, you know. If it sounds like someone's trying to gather the information for an enemies list sort of thing, yeah, it kind of sounds like that to me too. Um, and so, once again, they're asking for something. They'd be like asking, how many voters like Reuben sandwiches in the county? And they say, well, we don't have any information about that. And so they get sued because you should have that information. I said, should I? I don't know if I should. That seems like, and I guess Ruben is 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 a little bit trite, but it doesn't, uh, yeah. Rice County's voting machine software did not produce a cast vote record in the 2020 election. There's no obligation for the county to create the data in order to satisfy a plaintiff's beliefs that more data exists or can be created read the county's response. The lawsuit also asked the courts to block the county from using modems in any way as part of the election process. Ballot tabulators are not connected to the Internet at any point during the election, but after the polls close and all the ballots have been tabulated, state law allows for counties to use a secure modem to transmit unofficial results. After that's done, modems are immediately disconnected, and no election equipment in Minnesota uses a modem in transit officials' election uh, official election results 10 counties including rice use modems this way so basically they're they're implying something nefarious when there's nothing nefarious there and yeah that's that's kind of the case benda says the risk reward of using moments at modems at any point in the process doesn't add up once again and trump won this county Tom Moline, who frequents county meetings, said he's been asking the county for cast vote records even before the 2020 election and has a right to get his request answered as a resident. No, it doesn't. Uh, you, you know, that would be like asking, I mean, do I have a right to find out how many voters are left-handed? No. Or, or, or how many voters um, voted you know, for, for uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't, why do you even need this outside of if you just wanted to create a hunt them down and persecute them in their home list? I don't know. We've seen the crazies election deniers. He said, I paid for this building. I paid for the, or excuse me, we're seen as the crazies election deniers. Guilty as charged. I paid for this building. I paid for these machines. I paid for Denise Anderson's wages, and they can have somebody in the county answer questions to the citizens about these machines. 
But if they don't have the information that you're demanding that they have, the, there's where you fall into a hole. Kathleen Doran Norton, a former Bridgewater Township official, also attended the public machine test, and she's worried about the animosity hindering the ability for communities like hers to recruit poll workers to hold to the election staff. I've always been proud of what my neighbors have done in handling elections. They said, I don't quite understand all of a sudden not trusting our neighbors. Rice County commissioners, when reached by phone, largely shied away from the discussion of the lawsuit, as well as the push from groups to hand count ballots instead of using machines. It troubles me we can't come to a conclusion on this. Obviously, there's some misunderstanding. Commissioner Gary Hussington said, it really is all I can say about it. I think we should be able to get this resolved. Okay, so first of all, let me make sure we understand something. These people that scream that at 8 o'clock when when, when polls close in Minnesota at 8 o'clock, that basically we should have a winner declared within 10 minutes and never be able to revisit that because that's kind of how, you know, Trump, before they counted the absentee ballots, insisted he'd won all these states. They now want to go to a hand count system. And as they have pushed these people away, it literally gets down to one person sitting counting every ballot in a county or in a precinct so it's going to be two, three days at fastest you're going to find out who won. And suddenly the same people that created the system will be the ones asking how come it takes three days to just hang count a bunch of ballots. Exactly. The reality is is this is a small percentage, and it is. This is a small percentage of, of the population. It's not most people. But these are, I, I'm sorry, I see these people, I've seen these people, they do not come across as mentally sound. And when you put that out there and when you, when you kind of wrap that in the things, it makes me very concerned about where this is going. Because this is, this is some dangerous stuff. A story from last week that I never really got to. A VFW in western Minnesota City, about 150 people showed up for the third anniversary of the January 6th ride at the U.S. Capitol to watch a documentary that blames much of the violence that day on escalation by law enforcement. <laughs> it takes an amazing person to see all the people that brought the weapons there, like hockey sticks and pitchforks and bear spray and see those clowns use them on the police who are telling them not to come in the building and say, you know who is the real problem here is those police officers. Among those in attendance, three Minnesotans who have been federally charged in the riot and two GOP state representatives representatives were there as well. Steve Boyd, a Republican running for Congress in Minnesota's 7th District, also introduced the film. It's quite the story, Boyd said. So I want to make sure we understand this. Two GOP state representatives... We're in attendance with this with three Minnesotans who are under charges for the riot at a screening of a propaganda piece that basically blames the riot, not on Donald Trump and the clear coordinated event that went on there, but just on the police officers because apparently they didn't allow them to storm the Capitol and I guess kill all the senators and and, and, and representatives at will. I, I guess that's what their problem is. I don't know. And a guy that's running for the 7th District also was there, too. 
I mean, this is when you, when you when I talk about what's going on out there, this is the kind of stuff that is tolerated nowadays. That re- Republican representatives, sitting representatives, are sitting there with insurrectionists, with terrorists, with anti-American zealots, and arm in arm with them. At a, are you sharing a popcorn bucket with them? At a propaganda film that basically turns the January 6th rioters into the, they're the freedom fighters. Is that what you were doing? I have no idea. I have no idea what this film is about. I'm going to be very straightforward. This month, part two of the documentary produced by Epoch Times, a far-right media company affiliated with the Falun Gong religious movement, was shown during a conservative women's event in Birdsville Library. Taylor Rahm, a Republican running for the state's 2nd Congressional District seat, was there. A couple of weeks earlier, Rahm suggested in a public debate that there are a two-tier justice system that treats capital rioters worse than those who ride in Minneapolis after the murder of George Floyd in 2020. Uh, I think a guy that stole a, a tube of toothpaste from Target seems to be a little bit lower on there than the guy that tried to overthrow the government of the United States. But hey, that's just me. And you should remind yourself something. You do understand that Washington, D.C. is not located in the state of Minnesota, right? So what happened in Minnesota is Minnesota judges, and what happened there are D.C. judges. So, But once again, Taylor Rahm, a Republican running for the 2nd Congressional District, was at a showing of this stuff. Look what they're doing to individuals out on January 6th compared to how they treat people here in Minneapolis, said Rahm, a criminal defense lawyer seeking to challenge Democrat U.S. Senator Angie Craig. Rahm did not respond for a request to comment. But the fact is that he was at a propaganda movie turning these January 6th rioters into heroes. Yeah, they weren't. They tried to overthrow the government of the United States. That's just a fact. And we have case after case after case after case after case that shows us. Heck, we have their own social media posts where they all bragged about trying to overthrow the damn government as evidence, you fools. Two sitting representatives were up in Fergus Falls. One was down in Burnsville. Can't make it up. Many Republicans in Minnesota and the U.S. are showing increased sympathy for January 6th rioters and in some cases attempting to downplay the violence that day. Former President Trump seeks to return to the White House. Some GOP candidates are sharing such feelings openly while other elected officials stay silent. But what they think of the January 6th violence? Boyd, who's mounting a primary challenge against U.S. Representative Michelle Fishbach, asked whether January 6th rioters are being persecuted for being in opposition of a political power. No, they try to overthrow a legitimate election in the United States by storming the U.S. Capitol. That's why they're in jail. They're traitors to the country. They can, they can burn for all I care. I mean, seriously. They're traitors to the country. They were spoil sports who basically, my guy didn't win. I'm going to force him into liking my guy. You're like some deranged ex-boyfriend at this point. It's no secret they hate Trump, so anyone associated with him, if we can take this group and label them insurrectionists, I'm not labeling them. They did. They tried to overthrow the government. They're insurrectionists. Uh, Boyd, a Christian conservative from Kensington, said in an interview, Boyd said he doesn't, hasn't met anyone who disagrees with punishing those who broke windows, vandalized the Capitol, assaulted police officers, or forced their way into the building. But he said it doesn't make much sense to prosecute someone who walked in the Capitol through an open door, looked around, and then left. And those people who did that, who come on out and quickly admit, I screwed up, I made a mistake, which many of them have, are generally getting a week of home detention and then they're released. Few years of probation and that's it. The people that are being jailed 
are the ones who are beating cops with hockey sticks or bear spray or trying to kill cops or storming the Capitol and defecating all through the building who keep out there and say, first of all, you're lying. This was all a false flag operation. That was actually an FBI plant. And even if I was there, which I wasn't there, but it was all Antifa, but it was us because it was a proud moment for America. You basically can't prosecute me because sovereign citizen, sovereign citizen. That's you guys. Freaking loon balls, man. And so we, the, the reason I'm bringing this story up, because this story is freaking, I mean, it's disappointing. It's disturbing to see that Republicans are actually showing up for this propaganda film and acting like it's got merit. But because the Republican Party is so betrothed to the extremist far right of this country, and that's here in Minnesota. Do not think, if you give the Republicans back the Minnesota House, that this is somehow not going to be the standard, that there's not going to be some clown introducing a bill talking about how all the January 6th rioters were freedom fighters. We're going to pass this bill. They're all loon balls. But because these guys at these at the county are screaming at election officials are not as nearly like this, we kind of look at this as it's, it's, it's somehow a lesser version of the evil. No! It's a corruption that's infiltrated the, this part of America where they basically can't be wrong. Even though they are. The election wasn't stolen. January 6th was an insurrection. You guys keep trying to... You're the pathetic loser of a guy who at 25 years after he graduated high school still is trying to figure out a way to win the football game that they lost because he dropped the ball. You guys are just, and because the Republican Party is so betrothed to them, they won't ever sit out there and say we're, at, they won't even put out a thing, we're incredibly disappointed in the number of Republicans that are showing up for these meetings because January 6th was indeed an attempt to overthrow the country. But, you know, this is where they're at. Do not tell me that there isn't everything on the line in this upcoming election. Do not tell me there will never be another fair election in this country again if Donald Trump wins. Because these people do not ever want there to be another election. Because as long as Trump is there, they they don't see their failures in their lives. And they don't have to correct them. They can basically blame everyone else for the problems of their own lives and act as if they're innocent souls. If you ever want this country to survive, then you'd better get everybody you freaking know out to the polls in November because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it will be the end of America as we have known it for 200 plus years if Donald Trump wins again. And look at what they're trying to do right now. 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. Take a break. Come on back. It is the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. It's, it, it is just embarrassing looking at the way the Republican Party has just fallen apart. and just and, But at the same time, they've got a legit chance. It's come down to two people. And so they've got to turn off a lot of these Democratic voters and get enough people to show up at the polls. 
But look at these guys. They're they're you can't vote anyway unless you just give me every information I want and then kind of a triplicate basically it's a fraudulent election. I mean they're nuts. Or they're up there basically, you know, glad handing terrorists against America are shaking hands with Minnesota Republicans at screenings which basically try to turn the insurrectionists into the heroes. Come on, man. Come on. And I guarantee you, at some point, this this film crew, whoever put it in there, will be taken to court. And at that point, it's like, well, we never said that they were we were innocent. We don't have any evidence of our claims. It's the way of the world. Uh, by the way, Minnesota could uh, more easily reign in corporate power if lawmakers pass a series of reforms to the state's antitrust laws. This is Attorney General Keith Ellison announcing this yesterday or today, rather. Ellison, some Democratic farm labor. Lawmakers are advocating for policies that would grant the attorney general's office more leeway to punish large corporations that use market share that actually drive up prices. It's a good idea. I don't know if it's going to get done. I got to imagine the Republicans are very much going to be trying to fight this one. At a press conference on Monday, a press conference on Monday, Ellison said the bills are intended to increase competition in the sectors of the state economy. Um. You can hear all these claims of prosperity and things are getting better, and the Dow Jones was doing that this year, but people are still struggling in this economy. Um, It would update the Minnesota antitrust laws of 1971 to include definitions of monopoly and uh, monopasani power. Those terms are not defined by the original statute, so the Attorney General's office has uh, relied on judges' interpretations. Monopoly returns to a company containing so much of a massive market share they control prices and push out competition. Monopsony, M-O-N-O-P-S-O-N-Y, is when a company is the only major buyer in the market, allowing it to force suppliers or workers to agree to unsustainable ter- items. Uh, terms, rather, I should say. The act would also raise the minimum penalties for violating Minnesota's uh, antitrust laws. Um Greenman, this is Emma Greenman, DFL from Minneapolis, one of the co-authors of the bill, said the authors are working on the amendment to bill that would make an exception for restaurants and mandatory service charges of checks in the head of a tip line as long as those charges are disclosed up front. Lawmakers also plan to introduce far right re, uh, far, introduce a right to repair bill for agricultural equipment, which was extended, excluded from the Digital Fair Repair Act passed last year. Right to repair bills require companies to give consumers the opportunity to fix their own devices. Something that uh, John Deere, it's that's the farming equipment has basically been able to screw over the farmer by basically saying you have to take it to a licensed dealer. This is one of those ugly parts about rural America that even Repu- Republicans don't want to talk about that because it really screws over the farmers. I mean, most of these farmers could probably fix the machine themselves, but they are forced to have to go and pay exorbitant prices to take it to an actual dealership for the product to get it fixed. And this would this would, you know, get rid of that. And the Republicans have fought against this as they claim they're on the farmer's side. Uh, I've seen this it was down in Iowa too. I saw that down in Iowa. You had a situation where the price of eggs was so skyrocketed because there were basically three egg producers in the country that basically all the eggs get produced by one of the, or I should say the vast majority of them. And they had the power to basically make sure they could charge whatever they wanted. And as much as you guys wanted to blame Joe Biden on the right for egg prices, the egg prices were up there because the, the egg companies charge that. It's a private business. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm for reining these guys in because you know what? If anything, we've learned they're not on our side. There are some people that Want us all to succeed? Love us all? Care about us? 
and there's some that don't. And I don't think we should have a country anymore that has that tolerates the don'ts. All right. Native Roots Radio is up next. Have a good one. We're back tomorrow. Till then, see ya.